non-rock a boatus must stop. I don't want to rock the boat. I want to sink it. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy, or are you going to bite? Brett, delusional is okay in your worldview. I'm an animal. You don't chastise chickens for being delusional. You don't chastise pigs for being delusional. So you calling me delusional using your worldview is perfectly okay. It doesn't really hurt. <laughs> she hung up on me. Yes! Oh! What? What? Desperate times call for faithful men and not for careful men. The careful men come later and write the biographies of the faithful men, lauding them for their courage. Go into all the world and make disciples. Not go into the world and make buddies. Not to make brosives. Right. Don't go in the world and make homies. Right. Disciples. I got, I got a bit of a jiggle neck. <laughs> That's a joke, Pastor. When we have the real message of truth, we cannot let somebody say they're speaking truth when yeah. they're not. this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the lamb clothed in white robes and palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. What's up, y'all? Apologia Radio, another week back in the studio with uh, King Ginger. What has happened to the studio? It's uh, it's an amazing situation right now. <laughs> and Luke the Bear. It's Yo. October. It is. Well, yes, it's October, but we have to do at Apologia Studios our episodes that go up uh, on the NRB network. Uh, for those of y'all that have NRB worldwide, the app or whatevs, uh, you guys are watching it on the NRB all or this, Apology All Access. Or Apology All Access. All the stuff we're doing right now is uh, going to go up around the end of November, December-ish. And so... You know, uh, you know what we should be celebrating right what? now? What? Uh, uh, yeah. Huh. This is hardcore as Dr. White, I think, is all, has ever gotten. And, so, um, Reformation Day coming right. Oh, the Reformation Day, that's right. Yeah, I thought yeah. you were referencing. That's a little slow. <laughs> no, it's, you... it's, hard, it's hard to remember Reformation Day when you got a Christmas tree behind that's you. That's right. Well, it's because it's because I thought we were talking about <laughs> Dr. White was here last night. He hooked me up. Uh, by the way, I should give a shout out to Dr. White. What a, what a gift he is. I know he wouldn't want praise for this, but I'm going to say it. Um, my dad's got some major health issues going on right now. Uh, he was in the hospital, is in the hospital Intensive care uh, with uh, an aneurysm in his heart, so they're trying to figure out what to do with him. And Dr. White got word of it, um, and he saw that I had canceled a class on Mormonism to reschedule it for our all-access community, all of our all-access partners. So he saw that I had to cancel a class, so he messaged me privately and basically said, let the old man take care of this. (laughs) It was one of the best discussions on Mormonism. That's the only one you've ever heard, isn't it? Probably, yeah. From Dr. White? <laughs> well, well, like, there were parts in it where, like, I just forgot I was filming. Yeah. Because I was listening. <laughs> I just had the camera now. Nice. That's how you know it's good. Nice. That's nice. <laughs> well, um, so, yeah, so Dr. White uh, gave us the gift of uh, his teaching for our Mormonism 
uh, at part of our All Access Apologetics course. And so for those of you guys that have All Access, thank you guys, because um, you are what's making that happen. And so grateful for you guys, and you guys should see that uh, relatively quickly, the segment with Dr. White teaching for me. And so I'm grateful for Dr. White and his, uh, his love for me and his, uh, his taking care of us that way. Um, man, so much to do. Well, I guess I guess I should say hello, and uh, I'm back. Uh, we're back. I missed uh, you. From thank you. Uh, no, I mean we we're back. We're back oh. officially from the Boston <laughs> Conference. Yeah, I, I did take a couple days to try to take care of my dad. Uh, but uh, we're back from the Boston Conference. And Marcus, what are your what are your thoughts? I I don't know the th- my thoughts because atheists haven't written anything about what my thoughts should be. There's been no talk. Whatsoever, kind of silent. You know, we, got, we actually now we actually here's the thing, we really looked for him. We actually sent Randy came up to me after church study, and he says, he says, hey, is there anything I can do this week to help prepare for the show? And usually, he just dumps like all sorts of news articles and stuff for us that we can, you know, find out what, what we're going to talk about sources and stuff. And so he sends me a message and he says. I can't find anything on the debate. I've tried. <laughs> yeah. like so. a, he said I found two comments by atheists on like the debate page where they streamed it. Yeah. But that was it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I tried too. Couldn't find nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. Well, that's unlike them, though. Right? Yeah. Usually they're well, they all... came very, they came very excited to stream, and we were like, "Hey, thank you guys for streaming <laughs> it live. Uh, we're grateful for that." But uh, anyway, so we were at the Bonson Conference in California. It was really a blessing to be there. I mean, I'm serious. It was, it was. For me, it's just such a gift because I love these guys so much and they've had such a great impact on my own thinking. Dr. Scott Oliphant's lecture, when they put that up, you have got to see it, is one of my favorite I've ever listened to. Uh, and I might just be a nerd, but I absolutely loved it. David Bonson, Greg Bonson's son, spoke and it was very moving and it was just about his dad as a pastor, as a shepherd, you know, who, and as a human being. Who apparently we learned from the talk, he... Loved rock and roll. Loved rock and roll. Hated Christian music. Hated Christian music. <laughs> Hated it. He said he said Greg Monson could recognize it from the very first note. And he would hate it. Man, man all of his my own heart. Uh, so we did the debate. Uh, we got there th- uh, Wednesday, and uh, Cy and me uh, kind of talked a bit on the way there and everything, kind of getting together how we were going to do this. We actually met Paul, Pastor Paul Vigiano, uh, we met Vigiano. Vigiano, Italian. Hey, <laughs> don't, hey, don't. Hey, it's Paul Vigiano. Hey, don't. They call me Novel Knees. Um, uh, call hey, what's up? Hey, look, look, hey, look here, kids. Uh, anyway, we met him. Uh, we really actually met him for the first time uh, ten minutes before we were up on stage. Oh, so we didn't get a chance to really prepare. Like so, what you yeah, hear, yeah. what you get in the debate is just us really actually sitting down with Paul for the first time. <laughs> you hear you go, hey, Paul, nice to meet you. Yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> I mean, we talked for about five minutes on the phone two days before, just to say, I think you're going to do the opening. I'll do this. And we're like, okay, we'll figure it out when we get there. But we literally ten minutes before we shook hands, prayed together, walked on stage together. So what you hear is that's that's us for the first time even really meeting each other. I think it was awesome. It worked so, out perfectly. So three hours of a debate. It was three on three. So it was a little bit chaotic, but they meant for it to be that way. We kind of all agreed that, yeah, we're fine with it being that way. Um, and just, you know, kind of going back and forth. And so it is up right now. Marcus, thank God for Marcus. He got the audio up within, I think, four or five hours of 
us getting it that night. And so it's at ApologiaRadio.com. And the video looks awesome. Does it really? We got the video, like six cameras. Okay. It looks really good. And we're working on that. We're going to get that out soon. The video will be up soon at uh, Apologia Studios channel on YouTube. And if you've heard the debate, you have to see it. Okay. Why? Because I was sitting with the homeschoolers the other day, and there was a part we were editing... And the facial expressions say everything. They'll never tell you, you, you lost, they lost the debate. They'll never tell you, but their, fa- their face yeah. will show it. And we have camera angles at certain times in the debate that is right smack dab on their face. And you just see <laughs> someone's worldview crumbling before their eyes. Like they see it, you see it in their, in their eyes. And so I, I don't know anybody that shoots a debate like I do. Like I just, I, I'm, I'm not saying that to be arrogant. I just, I've never seen you a get, debate you, you shot. Feel, you fill the frame with their face. Their face. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so we did oh, that. I thought you meant the shaky cam. That, and the shaky cam. That's true. Nobody shoots a debate with shaky cam. That's yeah. true. And so, so like, I mean, you see like these moments where these atheists are like, <laughs> which is hopefully to the glory of God, and you can see the biblical worldview of over and against the unbelieving worldview, and they got the gospel from all of us. And right. that's the most important thing, is the gospel is in that debate. And hopefully that's a great encouragement to the people of God and to the church. Um, oh, by the way, speaking of apologetics, we just did a show with John Frame. John Frame. John Frame. Uh, he just wrote a book or just released a book, A History of Western... It's not even out yet, actually. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. So what I'm holding on to right now, nobody else has. The first right. edition. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's even better. I know. That's so exciting. So uh, he sent us copies, and uh, it's a history of Western philosophy and theology. Uh, it is incredible. The thing weighs about 100 pounds. Um, it is just beautiful. It's got plugs from Vern Poitras, D.A. Carson, John Piper. I mean, here's what Poitras says about the book. Listen, this is the most important book ever written on the major figures and movements in philosophy. We have needed a sound guide, and this is it. So we just did an Apologia All oh, Access. Sorry about that. That's, I just <laughs> pulled it. I just pulled, that was the book. Are you ready? Here you go. <laughs> um, so uh, we just did an Apologia um, All Access and TV show with, with John Frame. Uh, it was really a blessing. I hope you guys get a chance to see that. Uh, you guys can, you can become members and partners with us in this ministry um, at Apologia Radio by signing up for our All Access partnership. And so that's how you join with us in this ministry. Um, you help us to make this happen. So this show happens because of uh, those those that join with us in ministry, and those that donate to Apologia Church, and you also get additional content that we want to help bless you with. And so we uh, just dropped the episode with Denny Burke. Yeah, Denny Burke on is homosexuality up. and that's the gospel. Right. Yeah, that's right. Fantastic. It episode. was a really great episode. Yeah. Yes, and uh, he even wrote something up about yeah, he wrote it. A, he did a write up on the show. That's yeah. nice. So, um, so very, very excited for you to see all the stuff that God is doing and through this ministry. And, and, and shout out, as always, to everyone who is a partner with us in this ministry. Um, you um, bless us, and you are central to all that God is doing with our ministry. So thank you uh, once again. And also, a big shout out, uh, before we get into the show, I'm actually going to play for you guys a clip of the debate um, and a bunch of other stuff. But uh, shout out uh, to uh, the people that actually help make this happen and believe in the ministry of Apology at Church and they give um, to this ministry. Uh, Olive Tree. Um, Olive Tree. Bible yes. Software. Olive Tree Bible Software. Uh, it's a Bible app. And they just updated the app. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you can... Uh, Read your Bible, but you can buy commentaries like Colin's commentaries. You can buy 
uh, like Strong's Concordance and do word studies in the Greek and Hebrew. Nice. And it's for the layman. So like Logos would be for the scholar and you have to buy everything in bulk libraries, for example. Here is everything is piece by piece. You can buy just one book yeah, or buy the other and it's a beautiful app. It's, it's fantastic, easy to use. And if you go to olivetree.com slash apologia and enter the code apologia20 in lowercase, that's apologia20, you get a 20% discount off of some of the resources. Sweet. You have ESV study Bible. Nice. The entire ESV study Bible nice. in the palm of your hand. Nice. That's awesome. So, so they, yes. they believe in the ministry of apologia church and they give towards our ministry We'd love to point you guys their direction just to just to get some great resources because they're a great resource. Yes, not breadsticks. That's right. Not, not all no, of no Zubo, <laughs> yeah. Zubo Toscana. Yeah, no. no. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, boy, we have so much to talk about. Let's uh, let's let's leap into something kind of interesting here. This was before I play a clip of the debate, uh, which I lo- I can't wait for you to hear. Uh, this just came across my feed this morning, and I thought it was worthy of uh, your attention. Um, and I want to say ahead of time, can I say this? I think it's important. We're Christians, and so we follow Christ as King of Kings. We're not. We don't want to be seen as Republican, uh, Democrat. I mean, obviously, I'm a Democrat. Period. But um, uh, and seriously, uh, uh, definitely not definitely, Democrat. I mean, just because because of the belief system, uh, you know, robbery, stealing, murder, killing babies. There's an inherent contradiction. Yeah, this yeah. is not possible uh, to be consistent with a biblical worldview, uh, and neither are most of the Republican beliefs today. Uh, but this is last night. Ted Cruz uh, just dropping the mic with the oh, mainstream yeah. media during the Republican debate. If you haven't heard this yet, man, I'm excited for you to hear it. Check this out. Listen to Ted Cruz get asked a question and just and then just drop the mic. Republicans, Democrats, and the White House are about to strike a compromise that would raise the debt limit, prevent a government shutdown, and calm financial markets that fear of another Washington-created crisis is on the way. Does your opposition to it show that you're not the kind of problem solver American voters want? You know, let me say something at the outset. The questions that have been asked so far in this debate illustrate why the American people don't trust the media. This is not a cage match. And you look at the questions, Donald Trump, are you a comic book villain? Ben Carson, can you do math? John Kasich, will you insult two people over here? Marco Rubio, why don't you resign? Jeb Bush, why have your numbers fallen? How about talking about the substantive issues people care about? yet the contrast with the democratic debate where every fawning question from the media was which of you is more handsome and wise <laughs> so this is and the let question me be about clear. the debt limit which you have 30 seconds left to answer should you choose to do so <coughs> let me be clear the men and women on this stage have more ideas more experience more common sense than every participant in the democratic debate that debate reflected a debate between the Bolsheviks and the Mensheviks. <laughs> and nobody 
watching at home believes that any of the moderators has any intention of voting in a Republican primary. The questions that are being asked shouldn't be trying to get people to tear into each other. It should be, what are your substantive okay, solutions okay, okay. to people? I, I, I just want the record to reflect. Guys, I asked you about the dead limit, and on. I got no answer. I, okay, all right, you want, you want to answer that question? I'm happy to answer that question. So it was uh, pr- pretty, pretty powerful. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> In a glass case of emotion. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was cool. I thought you guys should get a chance to hear that. It was interesting. But um, this is going to be an interesting year and I think an important year for our ministry um, because we're going to be engaging a lot of the political issues and worldview issues um, on the show. And we're going to be dealing with worldview. We're going to deal- be dealing with the faith. We're going to be dealing with issues of law. And um, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a good year for us. I think an important year for us as a ministry to be able to really apply the biblical worldview to what's being talked about. And so I'm thrilled, and I thought that was pretty fun. So I liked it. Yeah. It was pretty epic. Yeah, it was big. Uh, so what we're going to do is take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to play a clip from uh, the debate, uh, one of the, I think, powerful moments of the debate. And I'd love for you to hear it. It's a three-hour-long debate. I will say, for my listeners and for those of you guys that are partners with us, I will give you my own personal insight. I think that audience questions should be banned. (laughs) Completely. Um, Completely. I've seen Dr. White say that a number of times. Um, And now I understand. This is my second public debate um, before a pretty full audience. And I can tell you that listening to the audience questions, they didn't really add a lot of substance. I would have much rather them just said, hey, here's an hour extra. Go ahead and start talking. At the very least, I should have been able to sort through the questions ahead of time and because you just you don't know what wild cards you're going to get. Yeah, there were some wild cards in there and uh, interesting things uh, said, but we'll be right back, guys. Stay with us. We're going to talk about the debate and a few other things. Uh, grateful for you guys and you guys being listeners and sharing all the content. Thank you for your love. And thank you in particular for those of you guys that uh, sent messages my way over the last couple of days after you heard about my dad in the hospital. And uh, I'm just grateful for you guys. I mean, it really brought tears to my eyes when I woke up in the morning after being at the emergency room all night and got about two hours of sleep or so and I saw your messages. It was, it was a pretty big moment for me, so I'm grateful for you guys. Thank you very, very much. Be right back. ApologiaRadio.com. But in order for me to tell you the good news, I must share with you the bad. A beard can be a most magnificent thing, but it can also be the downfall of a man. An unmaintained beard prevents a face from shining. An unmaintained beard causes dry, itchy skin. An unmaintained beard is a source of beardruff. You know, like dandruff, but beardruff. An unmaintained beard is sharp and ruthless, like iron bristles, not good for the lady friend. An unmaintained beard forfeits future growth based on the lack of preparation today. And let's not forget that an unmaintained beard robs your face from smelling amazing. Let not thy beard be thy downfall protect your manlyhood an epic combination of manliness and manhood if you're hearing this today there is hope for your beard go to yukonsbeard.com and enter the code apologia and you can save some money while you save your face he was just messing with you isaiah I'm just he, wasn't, he wasn't really telling you to get out. <laughs> you, you're so gentle and humble. Marcus is like one of our homeschool woodpeckers. 
was sitting down on the table after the break, and Marcus is like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm sorry. He goes to walk away. <laughs> Don't you got work to be doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys. So here we go. We are back. Apologia Radio. Uh, can I encourage you guys to go over to ApologiaRadio.com and uh, snag an episode? Just click on podcast. Look through like 100 and close to 150 episodes. We've If there's a, a topic, chances are we've done it. And just look through the archives. Share an episode. And if you're not all access members yet, if you're not part of our ministry in that way, um, sign up uh, and get some of the great content. Uh, participate with us in ministry. There's tons of stuff up there for you guys. Hey, we got a new social media channel now. That's Homeschool Run. The the the, the Vine. Vine. We yeah. have a Vine account. Oh yeah, that's right. Vine. And yeah. Isaiah is making Vine videos. More uh, coming today. I, I don't want to forget to say this. Some of you guys might be wondering. On the last episode, you're like, "Hey, you said 360," and I went to YouTube and I didn't see a 360. Well, it's not for lack of trying. It's, we tried three or four times to put it up, and there's just some technical issues, so we are working on it. You can't just upload the video to YouTube. You have to, like, do some sort of, like, software injection to inject metadata into it. Wow. And then it was weird and distorted. So Some kind of steroid? Yeah, some, it's not as simple as just uploading it, so we're trying to figure that out. So. We're working on it. We're working on it, so thank you guys for being patient with us. Hey, uh, before I do the, the clip of the, uh, the debate... Uh, you know what's really cool is um, private in, private industry, private property, and uh, people. Uh, I, I building, like private property. People building things that aren't government. So okay, so listen. In the Bible, government's role is pretty well defined, and so government's role Romans thirteen it's God's servant, um, and they are to execute the sort of justice, and so they're to ensure that justice is done in a society. There's, they are to, um, essentially the role is to, um, to bring justice, uh, to enforce contracts, and government can also organize for national defense. And so those are the, that's the role of government in the Bible. So God is pretty, you know, pretty well, it's, it's pretty well defined in Scripture. This is what God says government does. Um, but what government do, in our society does today is they're involved in a million things. They're involved in education, which is not their biblically defined role. That's the role of the family. They are involved in, I mean, you have like EPA, um, you have all kinds of, of industries that the government involves itself in that are not biblically defined roles, which begins to really become an oppressive thing in society because money and property is taken away from citizens to pay for these, um, these agencies and these programs that are not really the role of government. And it begins to sink a nation in debt Anybody know anything about debt in our nation? It's not doing so well right now, <laughs> mm. and so a little bit high. It's pretty high, and so um, and so what happens is when when you give a society their own property, right, their own money and their own ideas and the ability to sort of do their own thing, you begin to actually create prosperity in a culture, yes. right? Prosperity because government doesn't build things; government has to essentially hijack what somebody who has built something does. Yes. And so, talk to him about Tesla. Tesla did an autopilot. Yeah. Upgrade. So, so all these people they bought these like hundred thousand dollar cars, right, or whatever. And then, so you know, every night you put your car in your garage, it updates itself with software. Well, one day a few weeks ago, in the latest software update, it just so happened to update itself with the ability to autopilot. <laughs> just a little thing. Yeah. So all these people who bought these Tesla cars suddenly had a car that drove itself 
and they didn't even realize that was an option when they bought the car. Wow. It just, it was just, hey, surprise. You know, the, the, the value of your car just shot through the roof, you right, know. Right. And, and so it, it must really stink for Google because Google has been spending the past few years trying to get the government to, you know, allow for this sort of thing and to regulate it and to, to make it to where they can sell these cars. And Tesla pretty much said, let's just do it. <laughs> just put it out. Yeah, yeah. And so here's a little clip. I don't know if, how great it's going to be for radio, but you get to hear somebody whose uh, autopilot system just upgraded. Yes. Or just upgraded to autopilot. And uh, this is a guy driving around in the car. Touching it. He's, he's pretty freaked out. It's got to be. No, the car's watching. It, it sees. Oh, my gosh. The car knows exactly where the person ahead of me is in the lane. Because I could see it here on the dash. And oh, red light. He's freaked out because the red like light's ahead of me. He's all scared. It's not going to stop. Ooh, that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> he got a really bad taxi really well, which is incredible. And oh my gosh, this is so... I'm not touching it at all, and it's driving. Whoa, whoa, the lanes are getting a little... Oh, no, there it goes, and it stops. I'm it's an amazing thing. I mean, wow. just so crazy how fast it happened. <laughs> and we were so impressed by our little rear view camera <laughs> in the rental car to California. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, oh, look, it like shows oh, you yeah. in the lane with the lines on the screen. I didn't tell you this, Luke. We drove, uh, we drove <laughs> a, uh, the Tahoe to California because we had to load all of our gear in it and everything else and get a, and a, get a bigger uh, uh, car. And uh, the Tahoe, this new Tahoe dude, um, I was driving at one point and the car ahead of me like way ahead of me, slammed on its brakes. And all of a sudden my, my dash lights up like bright red, like flash my eyes, and the seat underneath me starts buzzing my butt. <laughs> like it's letting me Wake know. Up. Yeah, it was like telling me someone's slamming on their brakes. It was like watching ahead wow. of me. It was like really yeah. crazy. I was wow. like, whoa, that was, what was yeah. that? It was really an amazing thing. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's, That's really, really awesome. cool. Yeah. So, um, all right, guys, let's play a clip. So, so, the, so I guess the moral of the story is don't let the government regulate stuff. Just let business do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Be, yeah. Just before, let them do it. Before you play the next clip, I don't You probably didn't see this. We were watching the debate last night since we were talking about that as well. And remember they started talking about um, uh, Social Security? Yes. And uh, thankfully, I think it was Ted Cruz was coming on there and he was like, let's talk about how this is taking money from the people. And he's like, this is actually what it is. And uh, we're like, yeah, but then they get to Huckabee, who's been in big support of yeah. Social Security, and then he starts to sound a lot like a theonomist, remember? And you're like, wait, what do you, what do you, it's because <laughs> right, he's, he's talking about like it's not the government's job and stuff like that. Yeah, it's because he's been reading uh, um, oh, Matthew Trella's yeah, book. Trella's yeah. book. Yeah. And we're like, oh my gosh, he totally sounds like Trella right I, now. I wonder if he just is saying it or actually believes it. Yeah. It was amazing, though. We were like, anyways. Oh, we can all change. Yeah. <laughs> Even Huckabee. <laughs> all right. So um, there was an interesting part of the Bonson Conference um, where during the Q&A, by the way, it was so hot. I mean, hot. it was so unbelievably hot. There was something like 500 people in this, in this church. And it was so hot from the moment I walked in there to get on stage to start talking and by the time we finished the two-hour debate and we went into Q&A, um, it w the, the lights on the stage and just the heat in the room had me to a place where I was like, seriously, 
how long are we going to be up here? Because I'm going to pass out. I'm like, I'm like, a, I'm like an old school Baptist preacher, like wiping my <laughs> face off. It was just bad. I don't know if that's going to come through but on you, the video. You did, you did have uh, atheist ladies with the fans, though. They did. They did. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, so we, we ended up doing an hour of Q&A with the audience that I, I wasn't told we were going to do. And I didn't have any problem with the questions. I wish it was organized. There was no organization to the Q&A. Like, they didn't say... Well, one of the questions was weird. Yeah, they didn't say, they didn't say <laughs> two, two minutes to answer the question, then the other team can respond for one minute. There was literally no order to it. Free-for-all. And it was just a free-for-all. And so at one point, I finally just started jumping in, because it's like, well, everyone's asking the atheist questions. We're not going to be able to engage here if someone doesn't step in and say something. And that's what they wanted anyways. I just wish it was more organized. It had more of a debate protocol. Um, but this is a part where, again, go to ApologiaRadio.com and you guys can listen to the whole debate. Three hours. It's all up there. Share, share the debate with your friends. Um, but this is a portion during the Q&A where my friend Justin Ryan was there and Justin had asked the guys a question. Now, by the way, I got to say this. At the beginning of Bruce the Atheist's um, uh, opening statement, he said, um, we're atheists and, and we don't eat babies. Now, I'm taking notes, and so he said it, so I wrote it down. We don't eat babies. And so I asked him, people were asking a question on a few threads, why'd you go there? Why are you talking about eating babies? And like as though we injected that. We didn't inject that into the conversation. They added that to the conversation. So I asked the question to him in the first cross-examination, are you a naturalistic materialist? Do you agree with Krauss and with Sagan that we're all stardust? And I said, if so, what's wrong with eating babies from that perspective? Now, that's how the conversation started. So somebody, my friend Justin, had asked a question about hurting children, and they blew it off. They were very disrespectful. They just like kind of like mocked him. Yeah. Well, somebody else asked it again. They asked the question regarding hurting babies, and one of the atheists in the middle, what was his name again? The middle guy. Reader? I, no, I, I forget his name. Uh, uh, the guy, the guy that was in the middle. Yeah. Okay, so he answers the question like he can't. He's appalled. How come you don't understand why we wouldn't want to hurt babies? And so this is an entire discussion that came out of that. This is him defending as an atheist why he believes it's wrong to um, hurt babies. And so I want you guys to hear it. Please allow me to say maybe we just evolved to a position to where. That is within our nature, just like other animals don't do that sort of thing. And just like some, some animals do. do do that sort of thing under certain circumstances. You see the contradiction real fast, the contradiction, mm-hmm. hurting babies. Well, maybe we maybe we just evolved. Look at that. It's just the atheist wants a gimme. It's just that way, guys. It's just that way. Well, I tell that some to the, do, some don't tell that to the <laughs> child molester. Hey, dude, stop doing that. He says, why? He says, well, because it's just that way. Yeah, did you see the the, the, the yeah. bankruptcy of the atheistic position? But then notice the contradiction. He says, well, some animals evolved not to do that as well, but then some evolved to do it. Right. Well, guess what? We're all animals like them evolved in a purposeless universe. It's such a convoluted, bankrupt moral system, and he couldn't see it. But um, here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but I cannot do that. For just Just like if a, a baby was about to fall off this table and it's not my baby, I can't think about, well, did Christ tell me, what's the scripture that tells me to catch a falling baby, or do is, is it right or is it wrong? There's no thinking. I'm going to catch that baby. Can I'm I going to one, catch that Can I ask one question Yeah, one second. One second. One second. That's the basic reason. I don't have a choice. I just can't do that. And then all the way to the, the pitiful reason of, 
I would rather not get arrested. We have laws. And we have laws because we are a social species. We live in communities and we have to deal with that. And if we all thought that eating babies was okay, we wouldn't be here much longer. And for most of us, we want to be here much longer. <laughs> so that's I, why we don't Can I do ask that. a point of clarification? Yeah. Uh, are you guys pro-choice? Uh, yes. <laughs> wow. A religious and a political debate. Thank yeah. you. Are, boy, you're really going off the no, ledge I, I, there. What it shows here is atheists are not consistent with their own claims. You no, guys, no, you no, guys demonstrate. I, you've talked a lot. Listen, so let we're me not say, do well, the, one, the well, I'm asking for 60 seconds. You had right two minutes. I'll ask for no, 60 seconds. No, I don't want to do that debate. When a question was asked over on this side of the room about uh, molestation or we asked questions about violence towards children, you engaged the audience with mockery rather than justification. Pardon me? What we need, I don't, I don't, let me just finish the thought. What we need is something more than the assumption of the value of human beings. We get to do that as Christians, but what you need to do is demonstrate that it is in fact objectively, according to your atheistic It's not objectively, view of the Jeff. World, I'm gonna stop you right there. Boom, it's there not. You go. It's not objectively wrong. Right. And it gets worse, and one of the things I posted after the debate was that Van Til is quoted often as saying, give the unbeliever enough time and he'll eventually hang himself. And that's what happened here. You yeah. got the one guy saying that, well, some animals do, some animals don't, but, you know, I just couldn't do it. And you know what? It's against the law so that, you know, I don't want to get caught. And so, no, no, and so I said, are you pro-choice? No, they, they were pro-choice. Mm -hmm. And so they couldn't get the, they couldn't see the fact that, how inconsistent is this that you're hey, sitting here talking? we're not doing a political debate here. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. sitting That's, by the way, proof that politics is about morality mm -hmm. right there. Every issue of politics Every is a moral issue. Every issue is a moral yeah. issue. And so, um, so the, the, the fact that they were you know, saying, oh, I would, I would catch that baby. I would have to do that. And I say, well, are you pro-choice? Well, yeah, but what's that got to do with anything? Well, then, because you're arguing <laughs> that you can never do that to a baby. You're and arguing right. that if a baby falls off the table, you're going to catch it. Yeah, but you argue for it. Yeah. Actively <laughs> evil to do such a thing to a child. Now, I've already demonstrated that you're not consistent with your claims no, because you you're pro-choice. Nope, you didn't. You go beyond letting a child fall off the table. No. You advocate for it's being no. spliced up in the womb. No. 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 And this is... This I don't know much... where you get that. Why, why, why are you applauding? He's wrong. He's, a, he's, he's because, making a misstatement. And why are you applauding? Because, I don't get it. Because he said abortion. Now they don't like us. Okay, You're going to have to do more. Listen, oh. this is a critically well, thinking Christian audience. You're going to have to do We're going to the next question, uh, gentlemen. Then, I, um, thank you. One second. If I can just clarify something. Um... And I felt bad for um, I, I for Bruce a little bit because, um, you know, you you looked kind of offended and insulted. And it's Doc, important more like it. for us to recognize this isn't – the argument isn't you're a bad person and he's a good person. I agree with we that. Gotta, we got to not go there. <laughs> no. The argument isn't even uh, you're not ethical, we're ethical. The argument – the question is the basis yes. for the ethics – so the ethics. I know. I can ask take, that question, Paul. Would you like me to ask that well, question? I just want to make sure that I can give you a specific I, I example. I feel bad if you've walked away feeling attacked personally, but the, you understand. Do you understand what's being asked when people ask these questions about the babies and all that stuff? You understand what they're asking. They they want a rock solid foundational answer as to why those types of things mm -hmm. are absolutely wrong. Things that you think are absolutely wrong. We're not saying you don't think they're absolutely right. wrong. We want to know. 
why you think they're absolutely Paul wrong. Paul and I gave, I've given now a number of reasons why, why they're wrong. Uh, what do you mean? No. Something beyond it's personal just, preference it's or a, it's icky. I didn't say it was a personal preference. Well, you gave the answer of like of a pragmatic, we need to continue to exist type of answer. That's right. But I don't think yeah, that's there are real muster. reasons why we don't do it. There are very real reasons why we don't do but such things. The question, and I'll, and I'll ask, I'll, I'll ask right. again. I'll ask again because I asked Jeff something earlier. Everyone here would agree that if one person, one individual, tells you these are the things that you should do and these are the things that you should not do, just simply following such prescriptions would not be a good place to get your morals. That's not a good way to get your morals. And Jeff admitted, I would, have to, I would have to look at where they got these ideas from, what, what are the reasons, what, what in all reality, in this reality that we find ourselves in and experience, What's what's the result of acting in such ways? Well, Sean, what is the result? Actually, not Sean, what is the result? Respectfully, yeah. respectfully, can you? I think most people in this room think you have not answered the question because what we're looking for is: can you state unequivocally that such a behavior is absolutely wrong? Which behavior? I can't. The, the behavior of generally, I the can't, things Paul. you would do to a child. You know these things. I don't want yes. to say. You know. Yes. But, Yes. Not pragmatically, no. not subjectively, but yes. absolutely. And that's what everybody wants yes. to get the answer to. All right. Fire away. Fire okay, away. I, can, I, I can answer this. Um, so. <laughs> so it's interesting because on the one hand you have uh, Bruce the Atheist saying there, it's, there are no absolutes in, in terms of morality. And then you have them arguing that, yes, there are absolutes for morality. Now, the quite, watch this. The question that was being asked by all of us to them is how do you justify it outside of personal preference, outside of it's uncomfortable to me, outside of society determines essentially, you know, and it's in flux, it just changes, morality changes. Give us something that is a justification outside of yourself and your own preference. And so what happens is the third atheist tries to give an answer, but I want you guys to listen to this. As he answers, he doesn't give a justification. He just names different moral systems. Mm -hmm. Listen. So, having studied ethics, uh, and maybe you guys are familiar with uh, some of these ethical theories, uh, Kantian categorical imperative, virtue ethics, maximizing consequentialism. These are all non-evolutionary-based ethics, which do not posit a god as, as a, either at any point as a fundamental piece of justifying and uh, that we are able to, uh, that, these, that these very brilliant philosophers have been able to establish ethical theories with, that grant moral absolutes without positing God. Go and for you, it. And you understand. Yeah, I mean, you, you just, you've quoted, yeah. you, you've given some I, names, I have a much but simpler you haven't one, really Paul. answered. Would you, would you like my answer, Paul? Oh, yeah. I got it. Maybe something, Bruce, real fast, so that you have to get. keep repeating. It's objective. It's a new okay, so, it's so new. something not preference, not it's uncomfortable, Something no, that can answer I'm not the going person. to agree to that, but I'll Some, give the best answer. See, no, I'm not going to agree to that right. because that's the only <laughs> thing I have. No, all they have is preference. That's right. Here we go. If Something can. that can answer the person that doesn't agree with you. Sure. That there would, are that lots would be of answerable. people who like to fly planes into buildings to hurt people. Argue Mostly with them. based on religion, Jeff. Well, we want way. to, yeah. And you don't have a problem with that. Preach the I gospel. do have preach, a problem with Bruce, that. Bruce, as preach everyone the gospel else to does. Them. Here is the answer, Jeff. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. The moral dilemma is... The decision to be made, if you have a moral dilemma, is the one that causes lesser harm. That's it. That's utilitarianism. It's simple. Yes, it is. But it, Announcing it, it doesn't prove it. Justify it. Most people will elect 
the lesser harm. Not everybody. Correct. Do but we most have prisons? People. There's no absolute. So uh, preach the gospel to the scenario. child molester. But preach the gospel to, decide, to the liar. Who gets to decide what is harmful? Well, that's why I agree in subjective morality, because in some cultures... There we go. There, there is no objective reality, Paul. Okay. So There is no lawgiver you, giving Bruce. it. All if right. you say your God is giving your law to you, just pick any other religion in the world giving their law to them. There Thank is you, no subjective That's a red herring. Reality. Remember, folks, Bruce could be wrong about that. Well, not about that, because it's fact. <laughs> so it's what? evidence. I could be wrong about everything, but not that. Because right. I need that right now. Right. So uh, that was important. <laughs> that's, uh, uh, that's right now. I need that now. Um, <laughs> so there, there you go. Um, what, what can I say? What can I say? Um, you know, we say often on this show. We've said it for years. We quote scripture: "The fool says in his heart, there is no God." I, I don't think there's any greater display of foolishness in the area of morality than what just happened there. Yeah. I mean, think about this, brothers and sisters, how glorious God's word is and the gospel is. To have an actual standard outside of yourself that represents the character, the eternal character of God himself, the ultimate authority. God who brings justice and will answer everything in the world with his justice, who stands above us all, who's revealed himself we apply. We actually appeal to his word and to his character as a fundamental basis as to why we say this is evil, this is not. The unbeliever says, well, for me, I just personally don't want to do that. You know, an animal, some animals eat their babies, some animals don't, but you know, maybe we've evolved, maybe it's just that way. And then, and then they say, well, you know what? No, actually there aren't any absolutes. It's just the way it is. And, you know, I'm not going to... He says, I'm, I, that's why I believe in subjective morality. It changes over time. I just want to apologize for not having that shot. Yes. Because <laughs> oh, during the... that conversation, I was holding my camera in the air like a trophy. I was like, yeah! Marcus, yeah, he's in the front row. And when the pro-choice thing came up, Marcus, his, I saw his legs fly up over his head. And they, that live feed they did is gone, huh? I don't know. I don't know how many because I saw their faces. Oh it yeah, it was right on on all three of them the when you a, thing. when you asked that question, and they just I were, couldn't see their faces. I don't think I was. Well, they, they literally go. <laughs> that was you Luke. couldn't see that on radio, but yeah, that's Luke's not well, good for we radio. Don't. We definitely have a shot of their faces. I haven't looked at it yet, yeah. but I know we do. Here's the thing: it was epic. the The important thing I think to get from the entire debate is that they did not provide a meaningful answer as to why atheism is good for the world. You heard me say to them, preach the gospel to them. Preach the gospel. Right. Preach the good news of atheism to right. them. Tell them this is the way things are. And uh, they, they didn't provide any meaningful standards. And, and you they, can't complain about the attributes of God if right. you don't have a moral standard. Right. Yeah. So Now he taught, now listen, Bruce the Atheist in his opening statement, he, he started giving all of these pictures and stories of people who hurt each other in the world people who did evil things in the world. And then when you get him talking, he says, oh, there's no standards. It's all mm. subjective and it's all personal preference essentially anyways. And he basically then, and later on after this, maybe we'll get a chance to play it. I'm not sure. He basically says that morality changes over time with cultures. And uh, right. it just gets worse and worse and worse and thicker and thicker. And atheism on full display as futility. 
life apart from God, futility, foolishness. And we've said that for many years, and I know you guys, some of you guys have been listeners since the very beginning. You've heard us say it, and I want to, I want you guys to to go to listen to that debate, get a chance to to just, just watch it go down. And um, you know, one, I, I, you know, it. This is just for my listeners. Um, one of the things that I think I didn't like about the debate is the lack of protocol. Like, for example, during the Q&A section, the person asking questions is supposed to be asking questions, not giving minute and a half long right. statements and, you know, and yeah. preaching. And so so there was a certain amount where they said, hey, we want you guys to dialogue back and forth. And, you know, it's OK to get in sort of like an argument. But I, I would have preferred like a protocol where you ask a question, I give an answer. But there were times where they were running the clock down and not asking questions. And, yeah, I interrupted and said, no, get to the question. Get to the question. Because we, we wanted to get through the four pages of notes that I had. And there was only five <laughs> minutes of Q&A, and they were running the clock down. So it's a bit chaotic. Some people really liked that about the debate. I think Marcus said he really liked that about the debate um, because what? it was more like a conversation. Well, you, don't, you don't see a lot of people just going at it. <laughs> I, I said, <laughs> I said yesterday with him and Cy, with Marcus and Cy, that I know, like, from you, your guys' perspective, this is probably really frustrating, and I know some people complain about that, but all that it did was make them look even worse. Because when they actually got into a conversation where they didn't just have the mic for 15 minutes, they couldn't, they had no response. It wasn't coherent, wasn't logical, and it just made their whole argument just look terrible. Well, Dr. White has said for many years that the part of the debate that's meaningful, that matters the most, right. is the cross-examination. Uh, because anybody can prepare a canned speech. Yeah. But it's when cross-examination happens, that's when you really yeah. begin to discover what's going on. All right, guys. So I hope that blesses you guys. I hope that it brings glory to Christ. I want to thank you guys for those of you guys that saw it and were offering all kinds of encouragement, saying that, you know, your heart was encouraged by it, that you're firmed up in your commitments to Christ because of it. And um, just pray for the atheists that we debated that they would be changed and God would save them and pray for any atheist that hears it, that they'd come to know the Lord of glory, the Savior, the one who has life and gives peace, the God of peace. So thank you guys, by the way. Um, you may not know this, but for all of you guys, and I know I've said it in this episode already, but I'll say it again. For all of you guys that are partnering with us and give to Apologia Church Monthly, um, the reason why you're going to see the video footage of the debate and you guys are going to see also my talk from the debates and some other stuff. The reason why is because your partnership. So people will see that because of, because of what you're doing with us. So thank you. Right, Marcus? That's right. All right. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I think we'll go to a break now, right? Sound good? That's good. All right, let's do it. Break time. Be right back. Hi, I'm Matthew, and I'm Sam, and we have a new podcast called the Reformed Kid Cast, where we go through the catechism with our daddy. It's a lot of fun, and your kids will love it. Please go subscribe, 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 subscribe on iTunes. We'll see you on the Reformed Kid Cast. You know what's not good for radio? What? Sour Patch Kids. 
know. I know. I was like, well, we'll just, well, we'll continue the show after the 15 minutes it takes me to get it out of your teeth. Get it out of your teeth. I- I'm eating one right now. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna go see uh, the Peanuts movie together? Absolutely. Yes, I, I can't 9th, wait. November 9th, I think. Favorite? No, it's it's one day after Darren Doan's film. Oh, it's the sixth. Yes. Yep. Sweet. Marcus Pittman. Yes. Favorite Christmas movie? Uh, Elf. Elf. Then we, then we have him on the one time we did that game. Remember? We did favorite. And that Christmas was the movie? only Christmas movie we did like quotes. And I had you guys guess what the quotes were. And the only one I was aware of is any yeah. Elf quote. If it yeah. was Elf, he got. If it was anything else, he didn't. Oh, that's know. right. Yeah. That was a long time ago. We can go way back. Yeah. <laughs> Luke, your favorite Christmas movie? Uh, Christmas Story, 1A, It's a Wonderful Life, 1B. Yes. 1A, 1B? Yeah. He, he likes them both equal. Oh, okay. So, so they're slightly like, above the other. I, I feel like It's a Wonderful Life is the Jesus Duke of Christmas films. Like every Christian has like Why a Why would you right? say something as blasphemous as that? <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonderful What's life. It's, like the be- it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful life. life. Yeah, yeah, it's the best. Yeah, yeah I already knew mm-hmm. the answer to that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, hey, I want you. It's to a great it. movie. Uh, yeah, it's it is. Great. I want you to hear it. Yeah, it, you, yeah, it is. I'm gonna. I want you guys. To hear. I'm so tired right now. I'm serious. I haven't slept for like I'm two so days. Tired. Um, okay, so I want you guys to hear the rest Chew of this. your sour patch kids to stay awake. Yeah. So somebody brought a very special person. Bought, brought a lot of sour patch kids and candy to my dad's hospital room, and it was just a wonderful gift. In addition to the 19-pound bag of, of sour patch. To my right is a is like a four-pound bag of... No, that says 19 pounds. No, it says 1.9. Okay, so that's about two pounds. Oh. And <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> so, so to my to my right... 19 pounds would be as much as that book. Yeah, I know. To my right is a, is a two-pound bag of Sour Patch Kids, the big one. And to my left is the big Sour Patch Kids that are two times bigger. And so... Um, it's funny because the person that brought me these delicious Sour Patch Kids didn't realize that I already had a special bag in my backpack that I had brought to the hospital. But I can always use more. Um, <laughs> 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 so, okay. So now, after the question about the babies and Bruce saying it's all subjective, there is no objective standard, and really no answer from their perspective to give a real me- a meaningful justification... For human value and dignity, and also uh, why we don't um, hurt our babies. Um, and by the way, they're pro-choice, so bring that together. But um, this is another question somebody asked directly afterwards. I think you should you should hear it because this is where Van Til's quote: "Give them enough time, and they'll eventually hang themselves." Um, this is where that really comes to the front. You'll be able to see it right here. <laughs> we have the next question here, gentlemen. Okay. Uh, so we are, this Chris, is for, oh, there we are. Uh, Sean, and I think his name was Andrew. Andrew. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> finally, piggybacking on this, you used um, evolutionary process or um, social contract theory as justifications for why eating babies would be wrong. If our evolutionary process, well, I don't believe in evolution, but if it had um, developed so that we as humans were exactly the same, except that it was that we ate our babies or that the social contract was that we do eat our babies, would right. it then be justified? And for you, you had just mentioned um, Kantian ethics, which also includes presuppositionalism of human dignity, um, but, and also uh, consequentialism or utilitarianism. If it maximized utility to eat our babies, would it then be obligatory for us to eat our babies? Okay, so... Catch that? 
take, 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 that, take that in. <laughs> if this is all beneficial for us, right. if eating babies is actually beneficial and maximize utilitarianism, well, well, what then? If we were evolutionarily uh, developed to eat our babies, we wouldn't be here. That would be the end of our species. But what, no. if, what if we were evolutionally developed enough to murder our babies in the womb? Yep, then that happens. And at the same time, what is, uh, what is the atheist asking for at this point? A gimme. What does he want? Well, life should flourish. But see, that's begging the question. We're asking why should it at all? You haven't provided a justification for it. You're just assuming life should go on. Well, who says? Who says? You're bipedal protoplasm in a purposeless cosmos. So who says life should evolve? There are people who believe the human race should be wiped off the earth. Right? And what's your argument with them? You have no argument except, again, preference. No human value and dignity for evolved protoplasm. All you have is preference. Go to Planned Parenthood. Hi, guys. I don't think he answered the question there. I think that we're saying if it was evolutionary advantageous to do anything, not just eat babies, but anything that we feel right now in this modern society was wrong, but it evolved our species, it would not be wrong. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. There is Bruce attempting to be consistent, so you got to at least appreciate that. Now, the atheist next to him, Sean, um, that name just got said again. So the atheist next to him, Sean, uh, this is where they begin to disagree with each other because he doesn't want to go there. <laughs> right. Uh, and I can understand why. Because that's the only way we would survive well, no. in that culture of doing something wrong. Well, no, culture. You agree with that, Sean? No, I do not agree right. with that. Well, I'll say uh, this is, this yeah, is part of our atheists. Yeah, miss something. We're going to leave and uh, let them debate. I'm no. sure you guys disagree on some things as well. Nothing. Well, only on and baptism. Again, this, and this, again, this gets to the point. Of, <laughs> that was one of my favorite moments, man. This, <laughs> you can hear Marcus laughing in the back. <laughs> no, because that, that was that was a great response because they're talking about murdering babies. We're talking about how much water to place on babies and when. Right. Like yeah. that's our disagreement. Right, yeah. Like, like, about whether or not you should murder babies in the womb. Yeah. And yeah, or like, eat them. Yeah, and yeah. Like, that's awesome. We should baptize them early. Yeah, <laughs> no, I disagree on that part. Um, uh, I would much rather have that debate. That's with a you. good debate to have. Yeah, yeah. Other than the other one, uh, yeah, that's a significant departure, right? Um, so you guys can go to apologiaradio.com and you guys can get the entire debate, download it, and share it with your friends and family. Hope it's a blessing to you guys, and most of all, I hope that the gospel is was clearly communicated by us and people hear it. And God brings his sheep out of the world. They hear his voice and they believe. Um, wow, so much to do. Man, hey, um, all of our All Access partners are going to get to watch the film, uh, The Free Speech Apocalypse, for free um, as yes. a gift to you guys from our buddy Darren Doan. And so that's, uh, hopefully you guys are already all signed up because when you get, when this is coming out, that's, that's our yeah, all was yesterday. So, so yeah. for those of you guys that are already all access, thank you guys. And I hope you guys really enjoy this gift from Darren. So this is what I was told about that. Cause we were asking questions. Uh, you'll get an email from them, not from us. You'll get an email from them with a link to watch the movie. Once you click the link, you'll have 24 hours to watch the film. Excellent. So, and you definitely want to watch the film. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. But on top of that, I need to say this. 
Um, we're going to, it's going to be playing across the United States in select theaters. Uh, we are going to be um, hosting a premiere here in Arizona at Arizona Mills Mall, Harkins Theaters um, on the 5th of November. So let me say that again. 5th of November, Arizona Mills Mall um, in Tempe, Arizona, the corner of the I-10 and Baseline. And um, that's where we're going to be. And I think the showtimes are up at the freespeechapocalypse.com. Is it the Free Speech Apocalypse or a Free Speech Apocalypse? I think it's just freespeechapocalypse.com. You can check. Okay. But you want to go there, go to the showtime section, and click on the link uh, for the city and buy your tickets. For Tempe, I know specifically for Tempe, you cannot buy your tickets at the theater the night of the movie. You have to buy them in advance. So buy a bunch of tickets, come out to Tempe, we can give them out at the door to people who don't have any, but they have to be bought in advance. And we mm-hmm. really want to fill up the theater, we really want to let people know that this is a great film, because it is a great film, and I just want to be very clear, I am not the guy who tells people to go see cr- cr- bad Christian movies, because we got to support Christian movies. I, I would never do that. I would never make you go see a bad movie to support a bad movie. This is a great movie. And and you need to go see it because it's a great movie. Because it's a great work of film. I, I would say it's a great work of film. In addition, it's a great uh, defense of the Christian worldview. So don't go see it because it's a bad movie and we got to support bad Christian movies or else we won't have any Christian movies. Go see it because it's a great film. FreespeechApocalypse.com and then go to Showtimes. Listen, um, if you are local to Arizona, um, if you are from Northern Arizona, from Tucson, if you're from the Phoenix metro area, um, come and hang out with us. Come to Tempe, Arizona Mills Mall, get your tickets online. You have to pre-order them. Do it soon and let's fill this theater up. Luke's going to be there. Marcus is going to be there. I'm going to be there. The lady um, will be there. The lady will be there. Um, possibly Joy will be there, right? Or no? No, she be back? I don't no? Know. Okay. Be back. I don't we think. also have a special guest that might actually be in attendance as well. And so we're going to try to fill this theater Mr. up. Mr. Special Guest. Mr. Special Guest. <laughs> um, but uh, I'd love for you guys to join us. We're going to be there. And so get your tickets. You got to, you got to, got to, got to get your tickets online. Uh, pastors that listen to this show that are in Arizona... Get the tickets for your church. Get mm-hmm. a bunch of people from your church. Let's fill this theater up. Um, again, let's hang out together. Let's support this really great film. Um, I think it'll bless you. So um, you have the website up right now. Yeah, free speech. What are the other cities that people were asking us? Um, you've got Spokane, Washington, Moscow, Idaho. You've also got Houston, Texas, San Antonio, Texas. Uh, theater info to come is the Seattle, Washington area, Dallas, Fort Worth area. Um, I don't even see Tempe on the list. Oh, no, I do. It's yes, it's the very top. Okay. So um, no tickets available at the door in Tempe, so you do have to pre-order those. Purchase your tickets online. Get those tickets. All right, uh, let me play uh, a trailer for you guys uh, from this free speech apocalypse film. Uh, this is one of my favorite trailers. I'd love for you to hear it. So well, Doug's got to be brave to go into that kind of thing. As a gay instructor, as an atheist... I mean, I don't think we ever had a security plan 
a security plan for Doug before. It's an assertion of, by Rob Hauer by claiming victimhood. stated in such a way as to rhyme. Well, there you go. That's the free speech apocalypse. Powerful. Is it bad that, like, throughout the day, sometimes I'll have that racist, bigot, anti-gay, Douglas Wilson go away in my head? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just stuck in my head. Well, this is the this is the mic check. Um, uh, well, let me, let me no, I didn't I didn't play the rest of that. Let me play. The, this is the end portion. This is this gets it raises the hair on my neck. This is not the first time I run into the tolerance buzzsaw. And it ends with a big banner. It ends with a big banner. Um, the queer shall inherit the earth everything is theological man there you go brothers Mm. and sisters that's it man look and i i've said this so much but like the the homosexual activists they have a long-term vision for the world you see this is this is this is what they think is that they're invested in this world and they want to propagate and expand their vision of the future in the world and they are disciplined and they have big checkbooks and they fight for the future. And and look what they say. The queer shall inherit the earth. Man, that is straight robbery. It's straight robbery off the lips of Jesus. Hmm. Jesus says, the meek shall inherit the earth. And in the prayer, Jesus tells us to pray. He says, you pray that God's name is holied that his kingdom comes and his will is done on earth mm. as, it is in, as it is in heaven. Now, they're actually preaching and fighting for the opposite, that the queer inherit the earth. And, and guys, man, like the biblical worldview is not a detached, like the world is over here and heaven is over there. And they're like, they're, they're separate from one another. And one, the spiritual is better than over here, the earthly. Like, listen, like when God created the world, he created the world heaven and earth together together and god's presence with us on earth it was very good and and when the fall enters like the rest of the bible is about jesus bringing us back to that place jesus is renewing all things he's making all things new he's not making all new things he's making all things new there's a difference he's renewing the world he's doing it through salvation but it's his people that inherit the earth remember the bible very clearly has a theme from beginning to end that it's the righteous who inherit the land, it's the wicked who are uprooted out of it. That's the biblical theme. It's not the opposite 
as some Christians think today, that the wicked are left behind while the righteous are raptured out of it. No, 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 no. That's not the biblical view at all. It's completely the opposite. It's the righteous inherit the land, the earth, and it's the unbelievers uprooted. But they, look, you see, today unbelievers are saying, no, we inherit the earth. It's ours. And this film is really great because this film actually hones in on the fact that this is, you know, once you guys talk about this, this is why I loved about it. What I won't give it away, but Wilson, especially at the end, really talks about the fact that, like, look, you abandon God, mm-hmm. you abandon his word, you remove Christians from having the influence in the culture, you lose freedom, you lose freedom of speech, and it becomes that, well, you get the scenario gifted to you that we have right now. Mm. And what is that? That you still have blasphemy laws. Right. You still have blasphemy laws. You still have a theocracy. Mm. You can't blaspheme against their God. That's right. It's just that Demas is God, the yep. people are God, right? You still have a God of the system. And it's also very clearly blasphemy laws. And there's a whole section in the film. It's actually up for free right now. It's 12 minutes for free. And it has to do with the blasphemy laws that our society has today. And it shows all these famous stars that had said something about gay people in some way derogatory, apologizing publicly and mm-hmm. cry- and even crying. Yeah. yeah. Like, forgive me for yeah. my sin and, and my blasphemy. Yeah. And, and so, but really, the film demonstrates that, look, they have a long-term vision. When you abandon God, you lose freedom in a culture and society. You lose the ability to speak even. And uh, it's just good. I mean, it's just really, really good. Yeah. Did you know that uh, meek is now a secular term? It actually means queer. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was... I was you, you playing sec- off of Bruce? Yeah. Secular yeah. terms. Yeah. Well, it was funny. I was talking about that. So yeah, in the debate, some of you guys might have any context. So in the debate, um, I said at one point to Bruce that he has faith. I was like, so you have faith. He goes, no, no, no. I have confidence. And I was getting ready to say it, but the timer ran up. Ran up. I was getting ready to say, oh, con- "Confidence is confides," which means with faith. And I was getting—you can hear me get ready to say it. And then, and then Cy pokes me. He goes, "I got it." <laughs> he goes, "I got it." And it's because he was going up. He was going up for his his You're rebuttal for that one. He goes, "He goes, I got it. I got it." And so he goes up, and when he does his rebuttal, I'll let you go ahead and tell him what happened. Well, he just yeah, he he talked about we talked. This is one of my favorite parts of the debate, but then he talked about how, you know, it's Confide is, is with faith and, and he gives the mean mugs Bruce yeah. and says, he stares at him and says, you have faith and stuff. Confide. And he yeah. says it like deep. He said, Confide. What? With faith. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it was so mean. Uh, I've not never really. seen a Canadian really that, that uh, angry. He, yeah. He didn't even say sorry <laughs> either. Uh, yeah. But uh, then Bruce said, well, Confidence is a, it's secular, a secular term. term no. I was like, hey, well, how'd that happen? Yeah. How what did y'all that? just take over words? That was his that? rebuttal. Yeah. See, someone, someone's, someone's taking the minion. Someone's taking the minion. <laughs> yeah, because like, yeah, Sai says it means confide. It's Latin for with faith. And then Sai later on says, no, it's a secular term now. And and, and Sai goes, well, it's actually Latin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a great debate. It was a great debate. So, um, so yeah, we... We're looking forward to seeing you guys at the premiere of the Free Speech Apocalypse. And um, I mean, looking forward to you guys checking out the debate, the audio that's online, and then eventually seeing the actual video footage. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, uh, it doesn't edit itself. Uh, some people are what? like, where's the debate? Put it up, put it up. It's like, well, six cameras and uh, three hours 
of audio takes a bit of time to put together. In addition to the TV shows, the after shows, and the academies, and the other stuff that yeah. we're editing. Oh, so. we actually have a great interview that I did with Mark Rostini. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that'll go. I'm not going to edit that. I'm just going to put that out. That's just one shot anyways. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Yeah, we'll let's put that, that. up. Yeah. We'll put it on podcast feed. Sweet. Okay. All right, y'all. So, Apologia Radio. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, as as we do as we did the show today, you can't. I thought see you today. were just hot. <laughs> I'm looking over. <laughs> I thought you were just like man, it's hot no, here. I'm like fanning my shirt, like hey, talk about mission aware, talk about mission aware. So to my right is a is a great shirt. It's a big. It's pretty great. It's Charles Haddon Spurgeon on Luke's like a life size head. Yes, it's big. It's big head. Yeah, and then you got on my shirt. I have a Charles Haddon Spurgeon quote with a beard. And then over here to my left, my president brother right here has John Calvin. Yeah, I, I think the reason Calvin's head is not so big is because the, the beard. The beard is so big. They only have so much space. Yes. <laughs> you also have a dinosaur. So, you have, you have yeah. a dinosaur sticker yeah, on your nipple. I know. I, well, that is your that is stellar. My your son, son he, he gave it to me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was I was uh, I was going. Uh, me and Cy were walking to my car this morning and this lady's out there walking her dog and she looks at me and she says that guy on your shirt looks like you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you uh, thank you uh, thank you that's a compliment so oh I have to I have to say this so uh, October 31st Reformation Day Mission Aware is is giving out a 15.17 percent 15.17 percent discount nice on all the shirts on their website. Oh, nice. So, Reformation Day. And we need to let people know that if you're buying a shirt from Mission Aware, that you're getting it because of us. So, what they've done is if you, when you at checkout, you can select from where you've heard us. If you select Apologia, they will give you an Apologia sticker. Oh, that's that awesome. for free with our logo on it. Oh, that's nice. awesome. So I don't know. I guess we're going to get some too. That'll Yay. be fun. So, so yeah. So if you, you can check, put that on your other nipple. Yeah. Make sure you should buy a shirt just to get the Apologia sticker. And then, and then uh, they'll send that to you. And uh, that lets them know that people are getting shirts because of the sponsorship. And they'll want to sponsor us more. So that's the big deal. So uh, missionaware.com, pick up a shirt. They have Bonson shirts. They got Spurgeon shirts. They have John Calvin shirts. They Edwards. got all kinds of shirts. Yeah. Edward shirts. They have other really cool shirts. Missionaware.com. They are... Young Restless Reform beer shirts. They they are supporters of the Apologia no Church. Jeans, though. No and so jeans, missionaware.com, uh, let them know uh, that you support them for giving to the Ministry of Apologia Church. They have great stuff. I love they their do. shirts. They really do. They're good. It's good quality shirts. So um, thank you guys for your love, for your support. Looking forward to seeing you guys. Those of you guys that end up uh, going to the film, uh, don't forget to buy your tickets online, and uh, we'll see you there on November, November 5th. Um, we're blessed by you guys, and thank you. Catch you guys next time. ApologiaRadio.com. What's up, y'all? This is Jeff Durbin with Apologia Radio at ApologiaRadio.com. Want to talk to you guys about an amazing connection that we have right now with Whitfield Theological Seminary. I want you to run over to Whitfield.edu, Whitfield.edu, W-H-I-T-E-F-I-E-L-D.edu. I want you to check out the programs they have. They have undergraduate 
programs at Whitfield College, and they also have Whitfield Theological Seminary for the graduate degree and above and beyond. I, I think you'll really be impressed with the rigorous nature of the classes, the consistent biblical worldview taught and adhered to. I want you to contact Whitfield Theological Seminary at whitfield.edu. Get a hold of our friend, Dr. Kenneth Talbot, and start your classes today. ApologiaRadio.com.